Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hey, everybody. This is Joe Lynch. Welcome to my podcast. Today, we have a very exciting podcast. I've been very enthusiastic about coming and doing this one. It's been kind of a pushed off a few times, but I think it's you're really going to enjoy this. It's going to be a little different format because for, for the first time, I have three people on the line. I have myself, I have Ann Holm, and I have Ryan Schreiber. Today's topic, before I forget, is understanding your sales personality with Ryan Schreiber and Ann Holm. And please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ann Holm, and I am an executive coach. I work in the sphere of logistics, so I do a lot of logistics coaching. And I, one of the things I specialize in is understanding your personality, your strengths, and your blind spots. So I'm happy to be back on the Logistics of Logistics podcast. Thank you so much. I work closely with Anne and many of my clients do too. She is an excellent coach and she's going to actually lead most of this conversation about sales personality. And the personality we're going to be talking about is Ryan Schreiber. So Ryan, introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe and Anne. Ryan Schreiber, I am the Director of Engagement with a company called Carrier Direct, and I help businesses in transportation and logistics get better. Do that through traditional management consulting, technology strategy, and or custom technology development. Excellent, excellent. I'm looking forward to this. We just did the prep, and it was really difficult to do the prep with three people with the same personality like Ryan, Ann, and I, because we were all stepping on each other throughout the the prep. So Ann was making the joke that everyone kept saying, no, 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 you go ahead, you go ahead, you go ahead, because we all know we're not (laughs) good listeners. (laughs) But We're we're good listeners. We're good (laughs) listeners, but we're better talkers. That's right. Right. We have to work at listening. Yes, yeah. Anyway, this is going to be a great podcast. So before we get started, Anne does quite a bit of sales personality assessments for a lot of my clients. And for me, it's a great process. We're going to go through that process today. So Anne, why don't you talk about the process you go through that you take your customers through when you're trying to help them understand their sales personality? Yep. Okay. So when you're trying to understand your sales personality, uh, first, I want to start with why it's so important that you even go through the process. And Just very briefly, the reason why you would even think about going through this process is because even though there are, you know, sales is a role, you're going to approach it in a unique way that's going to leverage your strengths and account for certain blind spots that you have. So it's important to go through the process of getting a lay of the land so you know what you can really leverage and what you might need to pay extra attention to. So the process is, is simple. You go through uh, an online assessment called Type Coach, and there you go online. It's about a 20-minute interactive process, and you come out with your results. And then when we get the results, we sit down with a client, and I've already sat down with Ryan to discuss his results. We discuss the results. Then we try to put it in the context of the work that that individual is actually doing because sales roles are different, companies are different, customers are different. So we try to ground what you're learning about your sales personality in your specific setting in which you need to thrive. And then finally, we talk about, okay, now we know all of this. What are some key things that we're going to focus on moving forward? Excellent, excellent. And I've gone through this process. My clients have. Everybody loves it. So 
Ryan, give us some of your impressions on that process. Yeah, I I would echo that I really loved it. I think the value for me was really twofold. Number one was in doing it itself, like overarching, really kind of like highlighting certain things to me of which I might not have been aware previously. But then adding in a professional like Anne really helped provide additional like depth to some of the things that didn't originally sort of mesh with me. And when, so when Ann and I talked and I'm sure we'll cover some of this a little bit later, but like there were little things where I said, Hey, Ann, I'm not sure how this maps to my personality. And she was able to go a level deeper with me in a way that helped everything really crystallize in my mind, marrying sort of the personality profile as a thing with that professional guidance was what really made it valuable. So you went online and you took the assessment? Yep. So I went through exactly as Anne laid it out. I went through, I took the assessment and read, I got a personality profile document that came out and reading through it, I'm like, this is, this is maybe 80% of me. But then when I walked through with Anne and she was really able to drill in on some of that 20% that I said, Hey, I, I don't see how this is me. She really provided that extra kind of guidance on that 20% and helped me understand actually how that maps perfectly to my personality. Yeah, it, the assessment, anybody can go online and get an assessment. Yeah, exactly. And I've done that. I've done that many times before I had Anna as a coach. And it's a much deeper understanding because I think you really need somebody to guide you through this. But speaking of guiding you through this, I am going to shut up and let Ann guide you through this. So, Ann, why don't you explore Ryan's sales personality with him? And I will do my best to shut up. All right. Awesome. <laughs> so, Ryan, before we get started, I want to ask permission if I'm able to share with everybody the results of your... Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I'm good. an open book. Share away. Okay. Okay, good. Well, it's always important because when you do these kinds of things, you know, it's confidential first and foremost. And secondly, then if we're going to go and share something, it's important that we get your permission. So thank you very much for that. So happy to do it. Yeah. So when we, the first thing that we look at in the personality assessment is how you lean. So for instance, you know how you're either left-handed or right-handed. Even though you can use both hands, you have one that's a little bit more skilled. It's the one that you use more often. Well, when you look at this personality assessment, you're looking at four other poles. So you're looking at extroversion versus introversion. That's the first one. So the extroversion talks about if you're more energized outside of yourself or inside your head. That's the basic difference. We use both, but there's going to be one in which you lean one way or the other. So that's the first pair. And in your case, you picked extroversion. So that was the first letter of your personality code. Then we have this parameter in which you're either an individual who likes to take the wide angle first versus going in and doing sort of the zoom angle or starts out with something more detailed and then goes back out wide angle. So that difference is basically known as sensing versus intuition. And on your report, you picked intuition. Then how you judge information. Do you judge it from a perspective of values or just straight logic. Again, you're going to use both. You're an attorney, so you will use both a lot. But at the end of the day, you're going to have one that's just more of a go-to and you picked F actually. And then finally, the last two letters are J versus P, which is basically talks about how much structure that you need in your life, structure, schedule, routine versus 
spontaneity or adaptability. So in your case, you came out ENFP. Now you had a chance to read the report. How, what about this description of ENFP? What are some of the things that stood out for you? You know, when Joe and his lead-ins was asking like, hey, what were some of the things I learned and what was, what did I think of the process? You know, in sensing intuition is a good example of where you were able to provide like a lot more detail for me in ways that helped it really land. So you talked about how, you know, the difference between sensing and intuition can come down to being detail-oriented versus a big thinker or big picture. Well, for me, I struggled with how I fit in there because I actually remember... I have a great memory for mm-hmm. details. And then as we walked through this profile together, you were able to help explain to me the important thing is why I remember details. So even though I have a great memory for them, I remember the details that seem important to a larger sort of narrative as opposed to like remembering the details for themselves. You talked about sort of pinning the details. That was something that really struck a chord with me. It was surprising to me that I came out as an extrovert versus an introvert solely from the perspective of where do you draw energy from? Because I definitely draw energy from like being in my own head and kind of like just sitting at home and reading a book, et cetera. And you were able to help kind of walk me through some of the more nuanced details of like why an extroversion really does make sense for me, how naturally I connect with people, how I'm just able to start conversations with anyone kind of out of nowhere. And so even though there's that was where you really helped lay out, you're not a one thing 100% of the time. To your point about if you're ambidextrous, you know, you can use your left hand and your right hand, but you're right hand dominant. So while I may be, I'm extrovert dominant for most of the characteristics, I like, I certainly have introversion in me. So those are some really interesting takeaways that I had. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, especially the point that you made about remembering details, because uh, when you think about, oh yes, I have a really good memory. There's individuals who just remember details but they're not necessarily hung on concepts. So if you don't, if you don't have the concept in your mind, in your case, if you don't have the concept in your mind, it's a lot harder to hang those details onto that concept yeah. because it's not developed. But if you've got this sure. concept, then then you can recall the details. But if I said to you, I'm going to, you know, tell you 10 things you need to remember on a schedule, you may not remember that unless you're able to hang it into a framework or a concept. Yeah, that was perfect for me. Like I've always, you know, it's like if you gave me a string of numbers, I've never understood in myself why it was really hard for me to remember a string of numbers or remember somebody's birthday, for instance, mm-hmm. or even remember people's names. Yep. But I could remember our co- back and forth conversation because I was able to reference it to something and to like to a concept to your point. And that really helped that crystallize in my mind in a way that I'd never happened before. Yeah. And I think the takeaway from that is, is that if you want to make sure you remember something, you now know that if you can you know, put a concept around it, you're going to have a much greater chance of remembering it. And of course, there's always just writing it down, right? (laughs) Well, to the point about being bad at details, like writing down for me is hard to get. I kind of get to the nitty gritty of like pay attention and take notes because I'm a big picture person. I want to be, I I take energy from being a part of the conversation and having to slow down and take a bunch of notes for myself is is something that's also very difficult. And so one of the other things that I took away was around, you know, it's not about it's not about changing who you are. It's about becoming more well-rounded yep. and or partnering with your team to make sure that you as a team are very well-rounded. 
Yes, that's an excellent, excellent point. Well, that brings me to the next point in your report. And one of the top five strengths for your personality type is being an idea generator. So how does that play out in the work that you do for your company? Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a really great call out. I mean, I I like to talk a lot about superpowers. I ask people what their superpowers are. One of my superpowers is getting people excited about the things that I'm excited about. And so like in being a part of my team or even in working with clients, I've always been able to bring that excitement to other people and really understand around the big ideas. Mm-hmm. Where that's a struggle a little bit. I like to talk about everything also being two sides of the same coin. And so like something that is your superpower taken to the extreme can hold you back. So as an example there, I'm really great at getting things to 80% in the 80-20 paradigm. But when things have to go from 80.0% to 99.9%, that takes 80% of the effort. And I've always struggled with that. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's common for this type. So it's it's almost a relief when you can actually put words around what that is and yeah. understand that because there's that last part that's hard to finish up, that you can either have somebody help you out with that, or you can maybe think about, maybe I should do this in the morning when I'm really fresh. A lot of times people don't think that way and they just continually get frustrated sure. with being tripped up. So if you can identify it and say, yeah, yeah, it is really true of me, then you can come up with some sort of remedy for it. And speaking of just challenges, one of the challenges for your personality type is being organized in a traditional sense. Tell me what organization has been like for you in your life. I think the important part of the question is sort of that in a traditional sense element of it, right? I mean, and I remember you saying once that people who write organization books are already organized. And so it's great that you read that and you feel really energized by the idea of, oh man, this, this is easy. It can be done. But like how to apply it in your life? Yep. Like as an example, I'm a person who definitely struggles updating a CRM on a regular basis. I understand the value in it. Mm -hmm. I understand the value in it for the rest of the team. It's just hard for me to get down and do it. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, as we spoke about a minute ago, you have to focus on becoming a well-rounded individual and knowing that it's a struggle, you can focus on it. Yeah. You also brought up a really great point there too. And that is when you know it's a struggle and you can say, hey, it is a struggle, then there's less of a need to either hide it or be defensive about it. It doesn't excuse, like if you say, well, I'm an ENFP, I don't do CRMs. Um, (laughs) You know, you're not going to get that far, you know, very far with that kind of thinking. But, you know, CRMs tend to be a challenge. I may need a little help with that, please. Or I got to really update this first thing when I wake up and I'm still fresh or something like that. But the first step is recognizing that indeed it is a challenge and, you know, you need a different tact to get around it. Yeah, I'm a big like I'm a big growth versus fixed mindset person. And so, you know, step one is acknowledging it. And then part of having a growth mindset is being flexible. And so, you know, saying, hey, raise my hand here. Hey, this is something I'm bad at. If you are able to support me as a team and put me in the best position to be successful, a place to focus support for someone like me would be in things like updating a CRM. If not, I need to be flexible and understand that I'm going to have to put in the effort to do those things that support the team. And so just being aware of those opens that conversation up to say, hey, like, 
let's get this out in the open. What do I need? What do you need? And what's the middle ground that allows everyone to get what they need so we achieve maximum sort of results? Yeah, I think that's, that's an excellent, excellent point. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. I'm going to turn the topic over to a different part of this report because since we are talking about sales, I want to hit a little bit of that as well. When you went through this, there's some general things about your personality type that you can apply to not only work, but things outside of work as well. So you get a broad overview with lots of lots of information about how you interact with relationships and and all of that. But From a sales perspective, there are also strengths and challenges for every personality type. Mm -hmm. So, so for instance, a team strength is something you sort of talked about a little earlier, which is building a sort of a collaborative environment on the team to create energy with the team. What does that look like in your work? That's the excitement thing. I mean, I'm definitely like... I generate ideas. I bring people in and get them excited about what we're we're potentially working on. And then the flip side of that is I need to be able to hand that off. Like that's where when it gets into that last 20% that requires 80% of the effort, mm-hmm. like I need some support there from time to time to be able to actually like get things across the finish line or I need to invest like additional effort from myself to get it there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting when individuals that are big idea people and they have a lot of ener- forward thinking energy, one of the challenges, and it's described in the report, is sticking with realistic expectations. Um, how about how you laugh? <laughs> that I do must laugh. Have, it struck a chord. What, tell well, me about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, like, here's a great example of this. Like, I, wor- I spend a lot of time working in technology and particularly in very like emerging technology, right? Yeah, like, yeah. natural language processing and, and and machine learning are things that I talk a lot about. And I get really frustrated by a notion that I see out in the universe a lot, which is, quote unquote, this is impossible. Um, and I say, I say, hey, look, the way that I see it, and like I think people will laugh at this, the way that I see it, outside of the physical limitations of the universe, nothing is impossible. Right. Everything is just a problem to solve. So if what you're trying to solve with your startup or whatever is achieving light speed, yeah, okay, cool. That's impossible. Like, yes, we agree. But 10 years ago, if you'd been talking about natural language processing, saying it's impossible is not true. It just requires technological development. The way that plays itself out, and part of the reason I laughed is my expectations for the timeline of some of those things becoming real is maybe not true. I've been told plenty of times by you know deeper technologists than myself, you expect too much out of technology. And so it's certainly something that I have to keep myself a little bit grounded on. And yep, yep. that's where a growth mindset comes into play again. It's being open to other people's interpretations of what possible is. Yeah, oh, that that is a fantastic example because- Thank you. Of, yeah, it is because of all the personality types, this is among the top ones that love to say, hey, if you tell me it's impossible, I'm going to show you that it isn't. And it's a wonderful energy to bring to a team. You want somebody who is 
bleeding optimism. And at the same time, you don't want it to be blind optimism to the point where you're missing some things that really do need to be addressed in the real world. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, absolutely. It's a perfect it's a perfect example. And and I think calling it a growth mindset where you learn to keep that superpower of optimism and future thinking, you know, tempered with some of the realistic expectations and actually too the realistic expectations of your customers so that yeah. you know you might see something way out there but your customer you might be standing right at the goal line but your customer might be at the 50 yard line sure. still so you have to you have to wait for them to catch up with you yeah and i'd say i'll add that the way that i've seen this play out in my life is and what i try and focus on is let's be real like let's just call out what are the real blockers and what are things that are in our mind that we can get past, right? Yep, like yep. looking at your organization and saying, well, it's always been that way. And so yep. it can't change. Or mm-hmm. like, well, you know, five years ago, we tried this and it failed. That's in your mind. You can get past that. Right. But like appetite for risk is something that maybe you can't change. And I may have a better appetite for risk than you do. So that's a real blocker that maybe you can't get past. So that's certainly how I thought about addressing it. Yeah. And I want to just add one more thing too, is that now that, so when you know that about yourself, so when you know that you're sort of calibrated toward this optimism, it comes very naturally to you by way of your personality. When you encounter somebody who is calibrated toward more realism, it's really easy to say about that person, oh, they're so unimaginative or they're so anal or they're so stuck. Or they're just trying to do the same thing that they've always done. And it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're just all of that. And so we use terms to describe somebody who looks at things a little bit differently Mm -hmm. than we do. But it's super important to be able to change your language and be able to talk about that other person as saying, he might miss something that I miss. So let's hear what he has to say, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's powerful when you can bring those two realities. Well, reality. When you bring optimism Points and of reality. View. And yeah. you get those two pieces working together. It can be yeah. really helpful. That's why I think it's important to keep an open mind and challenge yep. yourself to have an open mind. Yep, so. yep, yep. So anyway, so when we look at your report here, we can look at some of the things that we can immediately highlight as strengths. And then we can also look at, well, hmm, you know, let's look at this other side, something you might be missing because you're so strong in this other area. How is this playing out? And you could end up with some good conversations on your team around that. So hey, this was really good. If I could chime in here for a second, I did such a good job being quiet, which is not easy for me. Yeah, you did a great job. Real proud of you, Joe. Let a man talk. (laughs) Well, and what I really like what you just said about recognizing that we're all built a little differently, you know, so having those team members come together is really helpful. And, you know, so often I would kind of have the same kind of idea that Ryan did, which is like, why are you so stodgy and slow? And why, why, and, and why don't you just understand that if you just did what I said, everything would be better. Follow me, you stiff person. Right. Yeah. And I worked for a long time in engineering and product development, and I kind of came to realize that there were some guys that you go, yeah, you need these guys who are saying, no, we're going to put the brakes on. We're going we're to actually test these products and make sure it's the right thing. Yep. And the people who moved up had this right balance of yep. – 
yeah, I'm going to take the risk, but we're not going to risk with the customer. And I, so I do, I love the idea that there's got to be multiple kinds of people out there. Yeah, balance is the important word, I think. I think we've talked about that. We touched on it a few times. Balance is an important mm-hmm. word. Yep. And and if I could get you and Ryan to talk just a little bit about that opening versus closing in sales. Sure. And then I'd like maybe if you could summarize this for us. Okay. So in this report and, and in the sales process, there's several steps. There's the opening pieces, you know, where you're creating relationships and things things like that. And then there's the closing piece of it. So, you know, getting the deal sewn up, making the actual transactions. So with an ENFP, which is your personality type, they tend to be natural openers, the relationships, et cetera. Now, how does that play out in the work that you do? Yeah, that's, that was one that landed with me really well. You know, I, in sort of the spectrum, I fell a little bit you know, I felt a little bit close to the middle, but certainly on the opener side. And that was perfect for me. I'm definitely not the just, you know, all the way on the left-hand side or all, or excuse me, all the way on the open side. But I'm certainly, but I'll talk to anybody and I build relationships and, but I'm on the opener side because when it comes to getting to close, it's certainly someplace where I get a little bit bogged down. And so going back to the point around, you know, sort of working to become a more well-rounded person, I just have to be really explicit both with myself, like going into a conversation on what's my close. And then when time's running short, since we're all very long-winded as ENFBs, getting explicit with the customer on what the close is in any conversation. So that's how that's played out for me. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I want to tell you that's that's kind of interesting, pertinent to something you brought up before, which is ENFPs are usually early adopters of new approaches and ideas. They like to try new things, innovate, and are willing to take risks. And they may struggle with those who have a more measured process. So it's right there in green and white. You notice the report's green and white, Michigan State. I wanted to change that. They're the only colors. I I don't know if you knew that or not. (laughs) <laughs> the sky is blue and it's bigger well, than I mean, everything. You know, I know a fight song which tells a different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. This, so, is, this is a Spartan versus Wolverine fight going. I, on. I feel like I'm. Win- I right. feel like I'm winning. We should. Can you add a poll? Can you add a poll to the end of the podcast and people can vote who won? I'm going to edit this okay. out. All right. Well. Yes. <laughs> so no. Oh, uh, that's what happens when you take away March Madness. We have to yeah, start picking sure, at yeah. each other on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, Anne, could you summarize sure. you know, this, this process for us and touch on Ryan's results, if you don't mind? And oh, then sure. we'll close this up with asking Ryan kind of his final impressions. Sure, sure. So basically, the process that Ryan went through was to do an assessment, not a test. There's no right or wrong answers, but an assessment or an overview of his general personality and his sales personality. And so we went through this, we discussed it, and then we set it in the framework of the work that he does. It's important to set it situationally so that that information has meaning for him. So we did that. And then ultimately, our next step would be talking about goals. You know, he might have a goal around when he encounters somebody who is slow to adapt technology, techniques to help them feel more comfortable with it. Who knows what those goals are, but that's often the third step. And that often carries on even longer because the more you know, the more you want to know Mm -hmm. as far as your personality. So yeah, so that's kind of the summary of it. It's It's a process, it's easy to do, and it just opens the world up to you in a way that you haven't ever considered. 
Yep. And if I could add my little uh, two cents to this, Anne's been my coach probably nine years now. And That's a long time. these things, sometimes you think I know myself and I know what I need to do, but Anne sees things with a perspective that's outside of mine, obviously. Yeah. And she has saved me so much time. She's told me some things like, you should do this. Actually, she's the one who said, you should start the Logistics of Logistics blog. And I remember thinking, well, Ann's lost it. I am not doing a blog. <laughs> you know why people do blogs. And then, so it really was helpful though, because yeah. she saw a strength within me that I didn't think I had. So Ryan, why don't you tell us your little bit about your impressions of this process? You know, Joe, I think you actually just hit on the number one most important point that I would make. You know, I've been in sales my whole career and I'm definitely like somebody who's focused on continuous improvement of myself. I try and be particularly insightful about my process, about myself, about how I can improve, et cetera. And so certainly there's this like, you think you know yourself. And so like, who can tell me sort of things about myself that I don't know? But it was really interesting how in working with Anne on this, things just crystallized in my mind in a way that even though I spend a lot of time thinking about how to get better, even though I spend a lot of time asking for feedback from others, and particularly I will press them on giving me negative feedback or areas of improvement, it was really, really interesting in how going through this with Anne helped bring things together in my mind that helped like maybe land the plane or or really like crystallize things. That was really what jumped out to me in the whole process. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you, it's like she connects the dots in my head sometimes. So, and you were going to say something? No, I'm just laughing. You guys are killing me. <laughs> it's, it's great to, it's great to have chatted with both of you, honestly. And, you know, as the world is, you know, upside down sometimes, you know, it's been great to have a conversation with clear thinking fellows like you. <laughs> I should also mention, because it didn't come up before, but Anne and me and Ryan were all ENFPs, which means we really have to work to stay on track and not all of a sudden just find ourselves solving world peace or in this case the coronavirus uh, exactly exactly <laughs> yeah if we had just stayed on this greencast a little bit longer i'm sure we would have found a cure <laughs> right yeah, exactly unfortunately <laughs> we all have other meetings to go to <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, exactly exactly so before we wrap this up Ryan, tell us a little bit about what's going on over at Carrier Direct, what you guys do and how people might connect with you and also please tell us about your brand new show Oh, yeah. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for the plug for our podcast. Yeah. The best place to find us is on LinkedIn. Joe, that's how you found me in the first place. You know, Carrier Direct (laughs) and myself, we share uh, all of our content and all of the webinars and things that we'll be doing from frequent contributors to FreightWaves, both write articles for them and, and appear on their podcast. Recently, Carrier Direct. I'm leading with Carrier Direct, a new podcast we're calling Carrier Direct Office Hours. Carrier Direct works exclusively in freight and transportation. And so we get this broad perspective of businesses and like how they can do better. For a long time, we've been trying to figure out how to share that. And with everything going on with COVID-19, it really actually just kind of crystallized and came together that, hey, this is a good time to just put together this podcast that I've been thinking about for a while and just share that because we're having much more conversations along the same lines as what we want to improve. So it's called Carrier Direct Office Hours. So feel free to reach out on LinkedIn if you have stuff that you'd like us to kind of cover and share our perspective on. And we just released the second episode this week. So yeah, actually, I watched you and Peter talking about, you know, the coronavirus and government loans and all the other stuff. Yeah, last, uh, I think it was your first episode. I really enjoyed it. And I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, we try to focus on providing insight that is valuable 
no matter what, but is just coming up more often now. The topics are prioritized more now because of the coronavirus. Right. But the advice is solid for your business no matter what. Like I'm not getting into sanitization standards. I'm talking about how do you communicate with your people? I'm talking about how to root out waste in your business without just firing half your staff because you can't shrink your way to growth. And bringing our perspective from working across the industry to the table and in sharing that message. Yep, it's a great show. I've enjoyed it so far. And Thank you. Before we get off the line here, Anne, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're up to and how people might continue the conversation with you? Oh, okay. Yes, you can connect with me, of course, on LinkedIn. My website is www.annholm.net. There's no E in and, A-N-N-H-O-L-M.net. Working with you in logistics, I have a couple other projects going, and one of them is I'm currently co-authoring a book. And I think we will have follow through on this because my co-author has written 20 of them. So I think, oh, wow. I, will, <laughs> I, think I will cross the finish line this time. And actually, huzzah, yes. But thanks to her though, because I think she's she is a, just a, an accomplished author. So, But it's exciting. It's due out next June, 2021. So oh, wow. uh, that's an exciting thing. I will be sure to put all the relevant links to Ryan and to Anne in the show notes. And Ryan, Anne, thank you both so much for taking the time. Yeah, you're welcome. Go blue. (laughs) No, never. Never blue. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you all. And thank everyone for listening. I appreciate your support. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.